He's worthy. Amen. Just real quick, uh, kind of excited about where we are and what God's doing. And I just want to recap a little bit and make sure we're all on the same page. And, and uh, we're going to go right back to Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2 in the Amplified. If then you have been raised with Christ to a new life. If you've got a new life, how many have got new life in Jesus? Amen. You're in Christ. You got a, you got a new life. If you've been raised with him to a new life, sharing in his resurrection, aim at and seek the things that are above. Change your aim. If you're in Christ, adjust what you're aiming at. Go ahead and raise the bar. Come on, somebody. Raise the bar in your life. Expect more. Expect more out of yourself. Expect to accomplish more. You know, the, the, the grace, uh, you're saved by grace through faith, right? Uh, the, the grace that's operating in your life, it's not a blanket that you're hiding your sin under. It's an empowering agent that is enabling you to do what you could never have accomplished with, without that in your life. Now, now, now that you've come to know Christ, now that you've been lifted up, now that you're not in the same condition that you used to be in, go ahead and start expecting something different. Set your aim on something higher. Refuse, refuse to be, you know, you know what's sad is that so many believers, we got the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. We have a, and it's living inside of us. We've got this, this massive, insane advantage over all the powers of darkness. We, we have the ability to demonstrate Satan's defeat every day of our life, to live a lifestyle that humiliates hell, and we live just like people who ain't got God. Well, why is that? Well, because we're just aiming at the same stuff. We're just hoping to make it through the day. Well, and that's what this is really talking about here. He said, come on, guys, if, you, if you've been raised with Christ to a new life, change what you're aiming at and, and lift the bar and set your mind and keep them set on the higher things. Everybody say the higher things. Set your mind and keep them set on the higher things. You've got a new life, so you ought to be having new feelings, new desires, new affections, new passions. Don't miss out on the new life that God's given to you. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Right? If any man be in Christ, old things, everybody say old things. Say old things. They're gone. Right? Think about it. Old Things. I just want. I just want to take a second and talk about the word things for a minute, because a lot of time I don't know what you're thinking of uh, when you hear the word things. But old things. Look. Look at this scripture. We'll put it on the screen. First Samuel three sixteen and seventeen. Eli came uh, and called Samuel and said, "Samuel, my son." And he answered, "Here am I." And he said, "What is the thing that the Lord hath said to thee? I pray thee, hide it not from me." God, do so to thee, and more also, if thou hide anything from me of all the things that he has said to you. You know, uh, if any man be in Christ, old things are passed away. You know, when God's speaking, he is saying things. That things and words are interchangeable. So, the thing that describes you needs to change. If any man be in Christ, he's new. Old things, that old word, that old description, that's gone. Behold, all things are new. If you use any word to describe your life now that you used before Christ, you haven't gotten a new life yet. If any man be in Christ, old things, that old description's gone. You might have used to be a loser, but quit acting like one now. Because you're a new thing. You are a winner. 
right? You are more than a conqueror. You are victorious. You might have used to be sick. Use a new word. I'm healed. Hello, somebody. Get a new vision. Plan on a new future. Look for a new plan. You got a new purpose, new hope, new life. See, the, the enemy doesn't want you to know that you actually are walking in resurrection power. If you've been raised with Christ in the resurrection life, then change what you're aiming at. If you've got that power that raised Christ from the dead and that's quickened your mortal body, you need to live different than you did before you didn't have it. Somebody say amen. And, you know, he said, set your mind on things above. He's not talking about sitting around thinking about heaven and, you know, picturing pearly gates in your mind. And, and you, know, you know, he's talking about getting a different perspective and understanding that there's something extraordinary that God's about ready to do in your life. I said there's something extraordinary that God is going to do in and through your life. I got got one amen and a couple heads nodded. There's something extraordinary that God can do, wants to do, and will do through your life. No more settling for the normal, just mundane lifestyle. Come on, guys. Let's believe God for some amazing things. Amen. Daniel 11.32 says the people who know their God, they're strong and they're doing great things. The people who know their God, they're strong. They're not weak and they're doing great things. How many of you know God? Well, let's get after some great things. Amen. This is going to be fun tonight. Every time I ask a question, four of you raise your hand. You all want to go home? I can close in prayer right now. Romans 12.2. Look at what it says in the New Living Testament. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing and perfect. Then you will learn to know God's will for you. You know, uh, so many people struggle with the will of God. Don't know what the will of God is. I wish I understood the will of God. I'm afraid I'm going to mess up the will of God in my life. Listen, if you're in Christ, you can just go ahead and start expecting greater and greater things in your life. You get bigger, bigger and better. Look at somebody and tell them the rest of your life is going to be the best of your life. But if you keep copying the behavior of this world and you don't allow God to change the way you think then you'll never learn God's will for your life. A lot of people really struggle with this. Why do I struggle with the will of God? Because you think the same way that you thought before you got born again. You think eternal life starts when you're dead. But the truth is, is that eternal life, God life, Zoe life starts when you're born again. And at that point in time, you need to start living a totally radically different life. It's a new way of seeing It's a new way of thinking. It's a new way of making choices. It's a new way of feeling about what you're going through and what's going on around you. Look at this in the message, Colossians 3 again, starting at verse 1 in the message. If you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with the things right in front of you. Look up. Be alert to what's going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See things from his perspective. That's awesome. You need to have a change of perspective, right? If you're in Christ, living God life, 
Resurrection life. More than death life. Then act like it. And look at verse 17 in the Amplified. And whatever you do, no matter what it is, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus and in dependence upon His person, giving praise to God the Father through Him. Whatever you do, no matter what it is, just trust God and do it, giving praise to God the Father through Him. Okay, we've been talking about the first chair mindset, and the first chair mindset is a mindset that lives to do the will of God. We have a, we have a, we have a heart that's saying, uh, I want to live to cheerfully please God. I'm no longer on the throne of my life. That's second chair living. Right? That, the guy in the second chair, he's the guy that's got all kinds of compromise, all kinds of duplicity. It just depends on where he's at and who he's with. And is it sunny outside or is it, you know, is there a better thing for me to do? Is there something easier that'll make my flesh feel better? But no, we've decided that we're going to be first chair people. Right? Come on. I said we've decided we're going to be first chair people. And we're going to fulfill the will of God in our life. Somebody say amen. amen. And so remember the boxes? We got, we got the, we got the, you know, we're trying to understand the will of God. And, and just real quick, not going to re-preach it, but I want you to see it because it's going to make, it's going to tie some stuff together. This first box, this is the works of God. Okay? This is the, the sovereign plan of God. It's either get in, get out, or get run over. When God starts doing something, he's going to get her done. I just need to tell you, with you or without you, God's going to accomplish his purpose. You can fight him or you can participate. You might as well understand the works of God and and it's going to happen, okay? And inside the works of God are the ways of God. So now we got the ways of God. And this is, this is the way uh, that, that this is, you know, like God's moral law. This is how he operates. And this is what he wants for his children, is that w- we would learn to live life his way. Remember, we started the year uh, using the scripture in Ezra that we're praying and fasting and seeking the right way for us, the right way for our kids, the right way for our substance. There's a way that God wants us to live. It's inside his ways. And he's, God's wanting us to uh, cultivate this character in our own heart, that we would live inside the ways of God. There's a way that, that God would uh, have you to act. There's a way that God would have you to live. There's a way that God would have you talk to people. There's a way that God would have you think about others. There's a way that God would have you serve. There's a way, and it's God's way. And God's wanting you to live inside his ways, because when you live inside his ways... Without too much trouble, you have a collision with the will of God. The will of God for your life is always inside the ways of God. If you live outside the ways of God, you'll never find the will of God. So if you're struggling with the will of God, could it possibly be that you're living outside the ways of God? Because God's not trying to hide his will from you. He wants to reveal it. And the Bible, we just read it that, you, you know, that if you will allow God to renew your mind, then you will learn his will for your life. So you're going to you're going to learn the will of God. Look at somebody and tell them, I, I'm going to learn the will of God. You know, on, on Wednesday night, we were talking about uh, vision and the blueprint of life. And 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 it just so happened that we would kind of roll on into the will of God because your vision for your life really is God's will. 
So you're, you you got this blueprint for your life that ought to be the will of God. And we talked about how God uh, reveals his will and it's through the influence of others. But you got to make sure that the others are the right others. There's people in your life that can influence you to uh, and help you uh, find the will of God. But you got to make sure they're the right people. Right. Well, how do I know if they're the right people? Well, are they operating inside the ways of God? You know, you got to check them out. Right. And so you, you got, you know, the influence of others. You, you've got life situations. How many of you got some life situations? You, you know, what's crazy is a lot of time we're trying to get out of situations that God's using to reveal his will in our life. And, and, and then there's the leading of the spirit. How many of you know that the spirit of God it, it can lead you right smack dab into the middle of the will of God? Right. Well, how do I know if it's the spirit or how do I know if it's me or how? Well, that's why we have the word of God. So and, and with the word of God, the word of God really should be our primary source because the word of God will help us understand when the, the influencers in our life, if they're coming, if, if they're the ones that we should let influence. The word of God will help us see our life situation the way that God needs us to see it. The, will, the word of God will help us understand that that really is the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is going to operate according to his word. Right. So and, and, you know, I just thought it's kind of neat that you take the word W and you influence others. I and you take life less L life situations and you take, uh, you know, the leading L of the spirit and you got the will of God. There it is. So you got the will of God. So what we're going to do tonight is we're just going to take a couple of moments and dive a little bit deeper into this thing. Look at somebody sit and tell them we're going deeper. We're, go, we're, we're becoming first chair people, right? Four of us are. OK. Uh, I want to talk about a guy uh, who at one point or another in his life, he was in every one of the three chairs. And remember David? Da- David in the Bible, he was all over the place. And, and, uh, uh, and he didn't have the, the advantage that we have. See, because we have the Holy Spirit and the Internet. He didn't have it. Right? And, and so we, we got some stuff going for us. I want you to go to Psalms chapter 40. And I think David probably wrote this shortly after... You know, by the sound of it, it's obvious it was after some disappointing moment in his life. It could have been follow up to one of the many times he used deception or maybe it was uh, shortly after adultery or maybe it was right right after he murdered somebody. Uh, You understand he had some stuff going on in his life. And and listen to what he said. Psalms 40. We'll just read verse one through eight. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. How many can say thank you, Jesus? By the way, if there's any point in, in this psalm that we're reading here and you just want to say amen, feel free. It's, it's okay tonight. You can do it. Okay. Uh, he lifted me up out of a slimy pit. Thank God. Out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth. A hymn of praise to our God. And what's crazy is many are going to see it and end up fearing the Lord and put their trust in Him. You know, you look back at your life situation, that mess that you were in, and God used that to reveal His will. And not only did it get you out of yogurt, but others have seen it, and it's going to end up pulling them towards God. Somebody say amen. amen. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, who does not look to the proud, to those who turn aside to false gods. Many, Lord, my God, are the wonders you have done. How many can say that in your life? Many, oh, Lord, my God, are your wonders 
which you have worked and done in my life. Your thoughts toward us cannot be recounted, not in order. If I were, if I would declare and speak of them, they're more than can be numbered. Hello? They're more, too many to declare. Sacrifice and offering you don't desire, but my ears you have opened. My ears you have opened. Look at somebody say, my ears he has opened. You know, uh, one translation said, you have pierced my ears. And that's not permission, you know, to get piercings. But the, the something, there's something that he's, that he's bringing to the surface here that I want you to see. That in the, middle of, in the middle of the chaos, you've opened my ears. And I've heard something. This developed a level of understanding. Mark 4.24 in the Amplified Bible says that the level of thought and study you give to the truth you hear determines the level of virtue and power that shall come back to you. There's, there, there's some point in his journey that, that, that David's writing this and he says, you know what? I figured it out. You weren't looking for a sacrifice or an offering. You opened my ears. Sin offering, that's not what you were requiring. Look at the next verse. I said, behold, I come. And in the scroll of the book, it is written of me. Look at verse 8. I delight to do your will. Oh, my God. And your law is within my heart. I want to talk for just a couple of minutes about the will of God in 3D. Okay? The will of God in 3D. And I, I got help tonight. Where's my guy? Somebody get my guy. Find my guy, my helper dude. He's coming. He's coming. The guy got help. Give, give help a hand. Help is on the way. Man, you got serious, didn't you? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. Everybody say, help him, Jesus. Go ahead and do some stretches. Be careful because they are videotaping. Will you get that open for me? You think you are? All right. You heard him. He said he's ready. Okay, the first D of this is the will of God in 3D. Okay, the first D, write this down, is to discover the will of God. We've been talking a lot about the will of God. We're, just, we're, we're discovering some things about the will of God. And in order to really discover the will of God, you need a relationship with God. Not just a formal relationship, but a personal relationship with God. And when, 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 you, when you begin to discover uh, your, you know, the will of God in your life, you, you suddenly realize that not only does God have a will, God has a role for me to play. Listen, God has a role for you to play. And, and, and you know, in, in life, how many of you found out that in life there's... There's, the variables are, are unlimited. You know, uh, how many of you guys have ever decided you were going to paint something? And all you had to do, I think the most frustrating part of painting something is picking out the color. Have you gone in and looked at the colors that you can get? Because you would think that when they said, I want to paint it orange, you think that orange would be orange. But there's 714 different shades of orange. And, and they're, they're, they're just all over the place. You know, there's, there's Fiesta Shrimp. You like that one? Yeah. There's Sunset 
orange. There's Hawaiian sunset orange. You like that one, Craig? There's all of these different things. And, and so what happens is you start trying to discover the will of God. And see, the will of God is kind of like that. Uh, it, is that there just seems to be so many variables. There just seems to be so many things that get tossed your way. And you start going after all of these different things. And you chase them down. Right? There you go. What am I going to do with this? And what am I going to do with that? And how are we going to handle this one over here? And we got this coming. And that's, that's going. Get him out for me. Here you go. Come on, dude. Do it. Okay, you about ready? You said you had this. No worries. You have a you have a plethora of options. Oh, by the way, if you have one person in your life who's trying to help you discover the will of God, you should appreciate them. And we end up stressed out trying to handle you want another? I just love the look at that. Look at him. He's got a couple more. Here we go. Now, go ahead. Give him a hand. He, oh, oh, yeah. Well, time, time to start it over. Now, now just one little point that I want to mention which is going to work really good in this service, will be a little bit more difficult tomorrow. But did any of you hear me tell him to get all of those? Why is it that we're under the impression that if something comes our way, we're supposed to grab onto it? It's a lot. It's a lot easier. You know, in the discovery mode, it can kind of be overwhelming. You know, you're trying to discover the will of God for your life. That's the first D. It's important. It's really important that you discover the will of God. But if, if you remember Romans 12 again, it said, you know, really what you need to do is let God change the way that you think. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, that old man lifestyle. Remember, if you've been raised with Christ, raise the bar. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. That's the way we used to think. We had to get our hands on everything. You want to know what's crazy? Is that uh, pretend like you haven't heard any of this. Let's start over. Life starts throwing troubles. Situations come. That are unhealthy. Bills. Sickness. Just craziness in general. And we latch on to every bit of that too. Because it's the way we think. We haven't let 
God change the way we think. And so discovering the will of God is important. But the second D, which is probably a little bit more important, would be to do the will of God. You know, a lot of us get stuck in the discovery zone. You know, th- and we go to church and we, we you know, we, we hear, I mean, think about it. You can go to church and you can hear years and years and years worth of messages, great teaching on marriage, but your marriage still sucks. Why? Well, because we've discovered all kinds, it's kind of, you know, going back to the paint picture. We got all of these cans of paint and we've taken them all home and we've got paint cans in the bathroom sitting next to the toilet so that we can look at it when we're in the bathroom. We got cans of paint in the living room sitting on every one of the coffee tables. We got cans of paint in the bedroom. We got a can of paint in the car and we got a can of paint. We carry it and hook it to our telephone. But paint don't do no good till you open up a can. And until you apply it, you haven't changed anything. You got a bunch of color opportunities up in the house, but the house still all the walls are white because you haven't applied any of it. See, and you come to church and you discover what God has to say about this. And, and you buy highlighters and highlight your Bible. And I want you to. I want you to highlight your Bible. But it doesn't do any good until it highlights your life. And until we begin to do the will of God. Man, we've we got to learn how to do the will of God. And, you know, it's, it's video games. You know, think about video games. Maybe it's part of our culture, but, uh, you know... There, there are people, and just keep looking straight forward, there are people in the room tonight. So we're not just talking about kids. We're, there are people who will spend hours and hours playing video game. And in a video game, if you think about it, it's, it's quite vicarious activity because you're not actually doing anything. You're just pretending to do something. And then one day, uh, I, I went through the house, and one of my kids was watching a video of somebody playing the video game. I guess they call them walkthroughs, but, but, uh, and he had spent quite a bit of time and I said, what are you doing? And he said, I'm watching and he, you know, I can't remember what it was, Halo or something. And I'm thinking, you mean playing it? No, watching somebody else play it. So you're sitting here watching somebody else do nothing. And that's what a lot of us do is we come to church and we don't do nothing with it. And we just we even watch other people who aren't really doing anything with it. We haven't changed our thought processes. So we got more peace than chaos unless somebody throws you one more ball. Unless one more thing comes your way. Unless there's another situation that you have to deal with. See, we discover the will of God, but what we need to do is start doing the will of God. But in that psalm, he really uncovered a a key that's more vital. It's more vital than discovery. Of course, you have to discover in order to do, but it's even more vital than doing. And he said, I delight in your will. We put it this way. I desire your will. I desire your will. You know, if you can get, if you can start doing the will of God, if you can, if you can get inside the ways of God and start doing life God's way, you'll have a collision with the will of God. And if you do it long enough, 
you'll actually begin to desire it. But it's kind of an acquired taste, I guess. It's kind of a, it's kind of one of them things that you gotta do it before you desire it. I think a lot of us are waiting for, for desire to be birthed, but desire doesn't come until you actually start doing it. But at some point in, in our, in our growth, in our maturity, we need to learn to, to, to be like David who said, man, I just love to do your will. Can I tell you that it, when you do the will of God, it, it, the, the end result of the will of God is way better than anything that you could produce on your own. And we know that, well, that, that we, need to, we, need to, we need to be going to God and saying, okay, help me. You know, like David said, create me a clean heart. Give me, give me an attitude that's, that's, that's like the one Jesus had. I, I, I want to I, I be like Christ. I, I want to be loving. You know, you, you read the book and you look at all the different places. There's really only one place where, where Jesus ever really struggled with the will of God. But think about it just a minute. Even Jesus struggled with it. He, remember when he prayed, hey, if there's any other way that we can change this thing, let's get that done. Nevertheless, thy will be done, not mine. And, and, but that was just in one area, and that was going to cost him his life. We're talking about, you know, just everyday life. Uh, we need to grow to a place where we're past that nevertheless part. Where we, we are loving to do the will of God. You know, don't, don't you think it'd be kind of weird if, uh, think about this mentality for just a minute. I'll get back to you in a sec. Think about, think about this mindset. Well, I guess we have to do these things because this is what God wants us to do. I guess we have to, I guess we have to tithe, Todd. I guess we're going to have to tithe. You know, I don't want to, but I'm going to do it because it's, that's part of the will of God, so I guess I'm going to have to do it. So I don't want to, but I'm going to get it done. Don't you think it would be kind of weird if... If I came home one day and Shelby said, how was your day? I said, it was all right. Didn't commit adultery. <laughs> Kept it pure for you. Didn't want to. But I did it for you. Day 10,417. How do you think that make her feel? Well, how do you think it makes the heart of God feel? When we act like doing the will of God is the last thing on earth that we would choose to do. But we're going to go ahead and pull it off because, you know, well, I guess we have to. What we need to do is have a desire that will get us inside the ways of God so we can have a collision with the will of God. I, I want to give you one more scripture tonight. I, I want to, well, no, I'm going to give you two more. Colossians 3, 5 through 10, listen to this. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still a part of this world, but now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malice, behavior, uh, malice behavior, slander, dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature, and it's all and all of its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your Creator and become like Him. You know, there's some things that got it that we got. He's saying, get rid of some stuff. How, how about we start here and, and we just start? How about put away anger? Look, look at your neighbor and say, uh, no more agitation in my life. 
how, how about we get rid of rage? And, uh, and, and, and that, that, the word there in the Greek is actually, it means to be offended or insulted. How about we just throw that one out? How, how about we stop the, malas, uh, uh, the malicious behavior? That's acting in a manner desiring to injure another. How about we throw that out of our life? We reject that. How about we put an end to slander, speech that injures somebody else's good name? How about we uh, look at your neighbor and say, clean up your potty mouth? One more scripture. Check this out in Philippians 4, 8. Dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts. It kind of reminds me of Colossians 3 where it says, set your mind and keep it set. Fix your thoughts. On what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. I want to send you home with uh, homework. Because, again, one more picture of this. You're getting thoughts. Catch them. You're getting thoughts that come to you every day. People say things they shouldn't say. You didn't get the raise you should have. Your spouse didn't treat you correctly. Somebody sat in your chair at church. Somebody didn't sit in your chair at church. How about we do this? How about we start taking our thoughts and seeing if they're part of the ways of God? I wonder if God would think this way. And if he wouldn't think that way, how about we just let that one go? And that one. And those. And how about we just say, you know what? Uh... I'm going to do God's will workout for my life. I'm going to start. I'm going to apply this to me. I don't want to have cans of paint in every room. I want to get something applied to the walls. And I want to change my life. And I want to not only discover the will of God. God doesn't want me thinking this way. I'm also going to do it. And I'm not going to just do it. But I'm going to desire the freedom this coming because I chose to do it and have a collision with the will of God, just living inside his ways. See, because if you will just think his way, your mind suddenly will be freed up to see the will of God. The enemy is just trying to keep you so busy. You ain't got time for the will of God anyways. You're too bitter for the will of God. You're too broken for the will of God. You're too upset for the will of God. You're too hurt for the will of God. You're too mad for the will of God. You're, hello, somebody. So, reject some thoughts. Refuse some things that have been part of your life for years and get yourself free. Amen? Give him one more hand. Beautiful. I want us to, I, I want us to close our eyes and bow our head. I just want to pray for you. Father, I just thank you tonight. That you are allowing us to discover.